And we are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. It's my best Sylvester Stallone impression. You'll be hearing a few of that, a uh, few of those this morning. Um, but good morning, Bayshore Millsboro. Hey, I'm curious, is anybody excited to be in church today? Anybody at all excited to be in church today? Some of you got your popcorn. I love it. I am hyped up, and I kind of feel like I kind of need to do one of these after that video right there. Because that Rocky intro video right there, I think it's one of the greatest movie intros ever. I love that movie intro, and uh, I really believe that this is one of the greatest churches ever. I love our church so much, and anytime I get the privilege to come stand up here on this stage, I'm so excited. I love it, and if we've never met before, my name is Joel, and I'm the campus pastor at our other location in Rehoboth Beach, and I know what some of you are thinking. I do. Some of you are thinking, oh man, Pastor Danny's not preaching? I'm bummed out, and if you're thinking that, I'm not even mad. Because I'm thinking the exact same thing. Like, I love my dad, who is an amazing speaker. Can you give it up for my dad on the front row? I love. And uh, if this is your first time here and afterwards you walk out and you're like, you know, that wasn't that bad. That message, I, I kind of related to that. You should hear the normal guy. And he will be back next weekend with you all. Um, but thank you so much for carving part of your weekend to hang out here with us at Bayshore. Also a big shout out to our online family. What's up, Facebook Live, all of our podcasters, Bayshore app people. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And I thought since it's Rocky Day, we could maybe all tap into our Sylvester Stallone voice. And on three, four online family, can you all just shout out, yo online family. You think you can do that? The silence scares me a little bit, okay? But your online family, it's okay to have fun in church, all right? On three, for everybody watching online, one, two, three. Yo, online family. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. So today for At The Movies, it is Rocky Day, obviously. And um, uh, I love Rocky. And before we kind of start the message and kind of, you know, ring the bell, you know, ding, ding. There's going to be a lot of Rocky references in today's message. Um, I'm curious, how many of you love one or all of the Rocky movies? Okay, Rocky 1 or Rocky 2, Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed 17. There's like 85 of these movies. Okay, how many of you, again, you love one or all of the Rocky movies? Okay, I like that. 
Now, I, I like a lot of interaction in church, so I don't want anybody to be shy. Um, if you have a favorite of the Rocky movies, I want you to just shout it out right now. Just let me know what your favorite Rocky movie is, okay? There is no wrong answer. One, Rocky one, some original people over here. Rocky two, I see a Rocky two in the back. Anybody like Creed? Where's those, or teenagers? Hunter, Creed, there you go, kind of. Somebody in the back said four. Who said four? Four, okay. That is the correct answer right there. <laughs> All right, if you didn't say four, we'll have a fight right now. Um, but I love the Rocky movies. And in case you've kind of like missed out on Rocky fever over the last 42 years, for, 42 years, does somebody feel old? Like, these movies have been out forever. So 42 years. Um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, this guy named Rocky from the movies, okay? So in the movies, Rocky is from Philadelphia, and he was born in 1945. And uh, Rocky's not the smartest guy in the world. He's not the strongest boxer that there is. But everybody loves Rocky because he's this classic underdog who never gives up. Like nobody has taken more punches to the face than in the history of the world than Rocky. But he always gets back up. In Rocky Four, Rocky's fighting Drago. And um, he is getting his clock cleaned. And uh, he goes to the side of the ring in between rounds. And his trainer says, what's going on out there, Rock? And Rocky said, he's winning. <laughs> he said, I see three of them. Anybody know what the trainer said back? Hit the one in the middle. One of the greatest movie lines ever right there. Hit the one in the middle. And Rocky is this guy who no matter how beat up he is, he never stops fighting. Now, growing up, my, my dad loved the Rocky movies. Okay, my dad was so into the Rocky movies when we were kids that when I was three years old, Rocky Four came out. And my dad took me to the theater to go see it. Diapers and all. Just kidding, he didn't do that, all right? Don't write him an email like, oh, it's too violent. Um, the first movie I saw in the theater was The Little Mermaid. It's a true story and I can't go into it right now. But anyway... I loved the Rocky movies growing up, okay? In high school, I had this uh, alarm clock that was a CD player. And every single morning in high school, I set the alarm to a song on the CD, which was I, the Tiger. For almost five years of my life, every morning I wake up with... That was my alarm clock. I was so into Rocky in high school that a group of me and my buddies, we started like boxing for fun. And so we had like the, the boxing gloves, we had the headgear, the whole deal. And I remember my first boxing match because it was my last boxing match. And I remember I was, I was all hyped up going into this boxing match, okay? I, I like had watched all the Rocky movies. I played like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on Nintendo. But there was one little problem. The person I was fighting, Mike Riley, um, he was a farm kid. Farm kids, they throw hay bales for fun. I've never thrown a hay bale for fun. And so Mike Riley had about 75 pounds on me. But Mike did not wake up to eye the tiger every single day. And so I was ready. I remember, you know, round one began. And like, I, I was kind of like, you know, doing my move. And I could hear the music in my head. Rising up, back on the streets. Did my time, took my chances. Like I was like in the moment, all right? But there was a little problem. Nobody's ever told me that boxing in real life is a whole lot harder than the movies. I didn't land one punch. True story. Didn't land one punch. Nobody in the crowd, because there was none, okay? Nobody in the crowd yelled, Joel, Joel. And I got beat bad. But I got to pretend that I was Rocky for one round. 
Now, my wife is here. She will verify this. Okay, to this day, whenever we watch a movie in our living room, for at least an hour after the movie, I pretend like I'm the main character. Like, I think I am the main character. And so my entire childhood, I pretended like I was Rocky until I fought Mike Riley. And so I love the Rocky movies. Rocky is a classic. It's got classic lines in it. Yo, Adrian, I must break you. That's Thiago right there. Um, uh, I hit the beef and I liked it. That, that's from the first Rocky. And the first Rocky came out in 1976. Uh, you all are like, some of you are like, I can't believe these voices he's doing. It's not good. Um, I know that's okay. Um, the first Rocky came out in 1976. And did you know that Sylvester Stallone wrote the entire script for that movie in three and a half years, or three and a half days, rather. Um, he, had, he was a nobody at the time. He had $106 in his bank account. And the very first fight scene in Rocky One was actually in a church. Okay, I'm not kidding. We, we have a picture just kind of show you guys of, of the fight scene in the, yeah, in the church. You got Jesus in the background. You got the word resurrection there, which all seems a little bit strange for a fight scene. But after this movie was successful, uh, Sylvester Stallone was being interviewed. And he said the reason he had, or had Rocky fighting in a church is because he was foreshadowing that Rocky would be this guy who no matter how many punches he took, no matter how beat up he was, he would always rise again. He would always rise again. That is who Rocky is. And I think Rocky reminds us that life can feel like a fight. Have you ever felt like life hit you so hard that it just knocked the air out of you? Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? And listen, in, in Rocky Four, my personal favorite, where, where you have Drago, okay? And Drago's a six foot four, 261 pound rich Russian, okay? He, in Drago, could punch at 1,850 pounds per square inch. And sometimes it feels like life hits us that hard. One of our uh, lifelong family friends is, I, I know him as Mr. Tom. Some of you guys know him as Tom Taylor. And uh, Tom Taylor is a local painter. And he's been a part of our church since I was like four years old, I think. I mean, it was my, basically my entire life. And many of you kind of know Mr. Tom's story because he's part of our High Five Club. We're helping him out right now. And if you don't know his story, uh, a few months ago, Mr. Tom was stopping by one of his job sites. And when he stopped by, he was inspecting the paint job his guys were doing on the second store, story of the, this uh, building. And when he leaned on the railing to inspect the, the paint job, the railing broke. And he fell to the ground, ended up breaking his hip, had to have emergency hip replacement surgery. They started pumping him up full of medicines. And uh, after he had surgery and had all this medicine in him, they found out that one of those medicines he was allergic to, he started forming these blood clots, which got into uh, his organs. And he spent 43 days in the hospital. 43 days. We have a, a picture of him in the hospital right here. And so one moment... Everything is fine. The very next moment, okay, everything changes. And I'm sure he feels like he got hit financially because medical bills keep on coming. I'm sure he feels like he got hit professionally and emotionally. Okay, how many of you think that Mr. Tom feels like he got the air knocked out of him? Yeah. But thank goodness the Lord is strengthening him. He's out of the hospital now. He's doing amazing. He was actually in our first service. But sometimes it feels like life hits us and knocks the air right out of us. Maybe you're here and you're a teenager and uh, you, you feel like um, the blows keep on coming because you're getting bullied at school or maybe bullied online. And uh, let, let me just say this about teenagers. Teenagers today have it infinitely harder than I had it when I was in high school. 
because of technology and because of social media. And so if you're a teenager and you feel like the blows keep on coming, you, you'll never hear us minimize what it's like to be in your shoes nowadays. Uh, maybe you feel like the blows keep on coming in your family. Uh, you, you're walking with a family member who has an addiction and uh, they, they keep on relapsing. Maybe you, you have a, a divorce that you're walking through or maybe there's some family drama going on and it feels like the blows keep on coming. Maybe you feel like the blows keep on coming um, with your health, sort of like Mr. Tom, or maybe it's at work. How many of you have ever felt like life hit you like Drago hit Rocky? Any, anybody would say life has ever hit you like Drago hit Rocky? Okay, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I need you all to look around. Okay, here's the good news. In the Rocky movies, Rocky is in the ring all by himself. But we are all in this together. We all know what it's like to have the air knocked out of us. In Rocky Four, before Rocky fights Drago, um, his best friend, Apollo Creed, gets in the ring against Drago. And it's this exhibition match. You guys remember the exhibition match? And so uh, we have a picture. We'll just throw it up here so you can kind of get back into that, that scene. Okay, so um, they're fighting in this exhibition match. And man, Apollo Creed is taking some blows in this match. And it's so bad that his, his trainers are on the sidelines and, and they want to throw in the towel. They want to say, okay, let's just stop the hits from coming. Let's just call the fight off. And, and here's what happens in life. Sometimes when life hits us and we feel like we're a punching bag, we just want to throw in the towel. We want to say, hey, that's it. I, I can't take it anymore. And if that's you, I am here to coach you up today. Because God will never throw in the towel on you just because you're down. And the measure of a person isn't based on how many times you get knocked down. The measure of a person is based on how many times you get back up again. That's the measure of a person. And so if you're going through some struggles in life, you have all my compassion. Because listen, I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what it's like to want to throw in the towel. But I'm telling you, you got to pick the towel back up. you got to keep on moving. you got to keep on moving. Listen, if you've ever watched a boxing match, what, what do the boxers in the ring do the entire boxing match? What do they do? Right? Have you ever seen a boxer stop moving? Boxers are always moving. If you want to be a boxer, you got to move to survive. And when life hits you, you don't want to throw in the towel. You just got to keep on moving. So I want to help you out with that today. And so if you brought your Bible, head on over to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, if you didn't bring your Bible or don't have your Bible app on you, uh, we're going to have all this stuff right on the screen so you can follow along right up here. And we're going to look at where Paul shows us how we can throw on God's armor in the boxing ring of life. Okay, and I I chose the message version today. I don't normally preach out of the message version, but I love a lot of the imagery in this version for this whole boxing concept. So let's check it out. Paul says this in verse 10. God is strong and he wants you strong. Everybody give me a little muscle show. That's pretty good, Gumbro. All right, God wants you strong. So take everything the master, that's God, has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. What, what are those weapons? That is God's armor. Everybody say this with me. I'm in a fight, but I got God's armor on. All right, so put on these weapons of the best made materials and put them, that's God's armor, to use so that you'll be able to what? Hold on, let's do it again. Okay, so put on God's armor so you'll be able to what? Stand up, that's right, to everything the devil throws your way. And so you got to stand up in the fight. Now, 
What stand up doesn't mean is that when life hits you, you got to throw a bunch of punches back. Because some of you look scrappy. This section, you all look scrappy over here. Volunteer ushers, I don't know where they are. Notoriously scrappy. you got to watch those guys. But this isn't about you getting scrappy and throwing an uppercut when life hits you. This is about you standing up and not throwing in the towel when life hits you. And here's why you can do that. Because Jesus has already won the boxing match for you. Okay, he is the all-time heavyweight champ. And he is in the corner with you. He is in the boxing ring with you. And so you don't have to throw in the towel. You just got to throw on God's armor and you'll stand out in the fight. And so I just want to give you two different ways that we don't throw in the towel when life hits us, when, Dra- when life hits us like Drago hit Rocky, okay? So if you're taking notes, we just kind of talked about this. The first thing is you have to stand up in the fight. Stand up in the fight. Now, I'm going to ask you all a question. And we're, we're the kind of church where, like, you, you can tell the truth here when I ask questions. And so, like, you can, everybody in this room can answer this question unless you're, like, small elementary school children are sitting next to you. Anybody nervous now? Yeah. Okay, here's a question. How many of you have ever, at any point in your life, and elementary school definitely counts, have ever been in a fight? Like fists are flying, somebody's pulling hair, ladies or guys, I don't know. How many of you have ever in your life been in a fight before? Come on, hands up, hands up. Don't be ashamed. That's, that's worse than I thought. <laughs> it's like fight club up in here. This whole church thing doesn't work out. We'll get a boxing ring in the middle of the room, like have Friday night fights. Um, Listen, when I was in sixth grade, I went to this small private Christian school. And uh, a couple times a year, they would have parent-teacher conference night. And that was not my favorite night of the year as a kid. This might surprise you, but I goofed off a l- little bit in school. And so I knew it may be a rough night after my pe- ter- our parents met with our teachers. And so we, we were at the school and all the parents were meeting inside with the teachers. And all, my, all the boys in my classroom were outside in the schoolyard. And we were playing a game of pickup football. And that night I was a wide receiver and uh, Jordan was, was my buddy and he was uh, covering me uh, that night. And I don't know if I was kind of like excitable because it was parent-teacher conference night or what it was, but I must have had a juke move in me because I got around Jordan and they threw the ball to me. And you need to know this. They never threw the ball to me. And then I caught the ball and I never caught the ball. And so I got first down and like I was just kind of having like a little like celebration, you know. I was getting an excessive celebration penalty for sure. Like I was doing one of these things like it was the best dance that a Christian school kid like knew. And so I was like dancing around. And as I was excited that I called this ball and I got first, uh, first down, Jordan, my buddy who was covering me, came up out of nowhere and from behind, bam, hit me in the back of the head. Guys, this was parent-teacher conference night. At Christian school. Like, this is not the best time to get in a fight. And you might be like, well, Joel, what, what did you do? Why'd you, you know, I just turned the other cheek. Just kidding. I wasn't a pastor in sixth grade. I started swinging. <laughs> like, somebody hit me. It is on. And so, like, the next few moments, it was a little bit chaotic. And I don't even really know what happened, except that a few minutes later, or a few moments later, uh, Bo Dukes, who's one of my best friends, and also our worship leader at our Rehoboth campus, pulled me and Jordan apart. And so at this point, you have about half of our church staff in Rehoboth involved in the fight. And so we got pulled apart. The fight ended. And the very next day, Jordan's parents called my parents to tell them about the fight, which I always found weird because he's the one who hit me out of nowhere. 
And what Paul is going to remind us of in Ephesians chapter 6 is in life, you don't have to go looking for a fight. The fight is going to find you. The fight is going to cold cock you. Sometimes you're just going to be going through life. You know, everything is good. You're just celebrating that you call the football. And then, bam, out of nowhere, you're going to get sucker punched. And you know what you're going to want to do? Get scrappy. Throw a bunch of punches back. But Paul is going to show us that when life hits us, it's not, it's not a you versus them thing. It's not a flesh and blood thing. Look in verse 13, or sorry, in verse 12. Paul says this, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish. Now we're about to find out who this fight is against. Against the devil and all his angels. Wait, who are you in a fight against? The devil. Okay, now maybe you're like, man, that, that, that sounds a little bit scary. And what Paul is doing, he's not trying to scare us. He's trying to tell you that when life hits you, it's not a you versus them thing. It is spiritual. Now, we just got done with this At The Movies series at our Rehoboth campus. And I I loved going through this series. And during this series, I had some people at our campus give me some movie requests that they would like me to do a message on. And so um, one one lady uh, requested that I cover Back to the Future. And she's smart because that's the greatest movie of all time right there. No argument. That is the best Uh, I got three separate requests. This is completely true. Three separate requests for me to do the notebook. Don't clap for that. Do I look like somebody who likes the notebook? I do enjoy the notebook. All right, don't hold that against me. Um, But we did not cover that movie. But you know what? I didn't get anybody request that I, or anybody request that I cover a scary movie, which is good. Because I hate scary movies. All right, don't invite me over to see it. I'm not seeing it. I don't like scary movies. Now, you all remember when the Paranormal Activity movies started coming out? Anybody remember that? I remember one night I was sitting in my house, and um, it was nighttime, and the trailer for Paranormal Activity 2 came on our TV. Guys, at the end of it, I thought something was going to come out of the TV and get me. Like, I don't need to be going and seeing a movie where doors are opening and shutting on their own and, like, scary people are standing over you at nighttime. Like, it's got there's enough scary stuff up in here, guys. And so I do not like scary movies, but people love scary movies, okay? So how many of you, you are into scary movies? You like some scary movies, all right? Hands up. This is who we need to pray for in this church. <laughs> you can come up afterwards. We'll anoint you with oil or something. I don't know. Um, but here's what I was thinking about. I was thinking that sometimes because of entertainment and because of movies, we can reduce the unseen world and the devil down to nothing. Just kind of like another form of entertainment, another movie or whatever. And, and we can get to the place where we're like, you know what? That's just like movie stuff. That stuff's not even real. I read a survey from 2009 that said 60% of Christians don't believe that the devil is a real person. They just believe he's a symbol of evil. Now, I'm not here to freak anybody out, but... If you take Jesus seriously, I think you've got to take the devil and the unseen world seriously as well. Because Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days in the desert. Jesus cast demons out. Like it's all over the New Testament. Now, nobody needs to be afraid. Like Jesus wins in the end. But Paul is showing us that when life hits you, it's not you versus the X. It's not you versus the finance company or you versus the boss at work. It's not me versus Jordan at parent-teacher conference night. It's spiritual. And I think the reason that throws some of us off is because we've all met somebody who over-spiritualizes things. 
You know, like you go to Dairy Queen and you're eating your ice cream cone next to them and like their ice cream falls off the cone and they're like, the devil. Get behind me, Satan. Have you ever met somebody who over-spiritualizes everything? Some people can go like way off. Some of you know this person, okay? Some people go way off the deep end with this. But the Bible talks about the devil in the unseen world a lot. Now, it's vague. We don't get a whole lot of details about it. And I think the reason that is is because God doesn't want our focus to be on the devil. Okay? Our focus is supposed to be on him. He is our strength. He is victorious. He's the one who is our savior. But when life hits us, it's not you versus them. It's not a flesh and blood thing. It is spiritual. Maybe you remember at the beginning of the the New Testament, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. Uh, And it's this amazing moment, okay? It's it's the moment that really kicked off Jesus' public ministry. And uh, it was such a big moment that it says the sky split open and you could hear God, you know, say, this is my son, I'm pleased with you, son. It's this mountaintop triumphant moment. But did you know the very next verse, Jesus is sent to the desert and he's tempted by the devil for 40 days. The very next verse. Now, you might be like, well, why are we talking about all this stuff? It's kind of freaking me out. Here's why. And this is, this is so important. And here's why I told you that story about Jesus. Testing follows triumph. Normally in life, testing follows triumph. In, in Rocky 3 at the end, um, Rocky fights Mr. T. Come on, Mr. T. I love Mr. T. And uh, they're fighting in Madison Square Garden. And Rocky wins. At the end of Rocky 3, okay, Rocky is the heavyweight champ again. He's got the belt. He's back on top. It's this triumphant moment. The very next thing that happens at the beginning of Rocky 4 is his friend, his best friend, Apollo Creed, gets taken out by Drago. Testing follows triumph. I mean, maybe you're here today and, and you've recently accepted Jesus in, in, in our church. Uh, maybe we've thrown a baptism party for you over here. How many of you have been baptized at Bayshore before? That's a, look at that. That is amazing right here. Uh, Maybe we've thrown your baptism party over here recently. Uh, Maybe you've uh, gotten promoted at work or uh, maybe there's some other great things happening in your life. God's done a miracle in your life or you've you've hit the one year sober mark. And all that stuff is awesome. But you got to be careful because life will sucker punch you. Testing follows triumph. Okay, the unseen world has a nasty haymaker, but it's okay. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is in the ring with you. And I pity any fool who thinks they can take on my God. Look, you are going to be victorious in the end, period. Jesus has already fought for your victory. And so you don't have to throw in the towel. You just got to stand up in the ring. Testing follows triumph. But testing is God's preparation for his purpose in your life. It's preparation. Check out um, verse 13. This is what Paul says in verse 13. He says, be prepared. In other words, get ready. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Would you read this highlighted part with me on three? One, two, three. You'll still be on your feet. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're in a fight, but you're not falling. Some of you had like a full-on conversation. Couples were kissing. That's great. I love that. (laughs) But listen, when I say you'll still be on your feet, some of you don't feel that way. But this isn't about your feelings. This is about faith. 
you got to stand up in the fight. Don't throw on the towel because God is in the ring with you. Here's the second way we don't throw on the towel when life deals us a punch like Jago dealt Rocky. The second thing and final way is this. you got to throw on your armor in the fight. Throw on your armor in the fight. Now, uh, when I did this series in Rehoboth, I loved preparing for the series because I got to watch movies for work. Like, that's a pretty good day in the office. Like, I remember one day uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, Stacy, could you watch the kids cause, so I can do some work? And she's like, sure, if you get out to watch the kids, sure. And then I sat down on the couch and I watched Rocky Four for two hours. <laughs> pretty good day in my house, okay? Like, um, so anyway, I was watching Rocky Four on my couch, getting ready for this series. And I was watching the final fight scene between Rocky and Drago. And that's like the best scene in all the movies, if you ask me. And, and three different times, and this is completely true, three times during that fight scene, I got teary-eyed. Like Rocky would start coming back, the music would start coming up, and I'm sitting next to my boy Nixon, and I'm like pushing his head like, Nixon, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's this, this, this Italian stallion. And Nixon's like, I don't, I don't even know. And I'm like, you know, wiping my eyes. Like I got so into the final fight scene. And I love that fight scene in Rocky Four. Now, here's what you may not know about when they were filming that scene. Uh, there's 15 rounds that they, they filmed. And the very first um, round, you know, got Rocky fighting Drago. And we got a picture of it just to kind of get you in it. All right. I like to think that I look a lot like Drago right here. Maybe. I don't know. You all laugh. So I don't know. Um, but, I, but I was uh, watching it. And um, when they filmed this, Drago punched Sylvester Sloan for real. In the chest so hard that Sylvester Stallone's sternum hit his heart. His heart got bruised, started swelling, and Sylvester Stallone spent eight days in intensive care and almost died. That really happened. Now, you might be like, well, Joel, Joel why, why are you telling us this? Well, don't take a sternum punch from Drago. That's why. Like, that will take you out. But sometimes in life, life can deal us a knockout punch. And Paul is going to show us how we cannot go down when we get dealt a knockout punch. So verse 14, this is what Paul says. He says, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word, which is this book right here, okay, it is an indispensable weapon. Okay, everybody say armor. Armor right here. And he goes on and says, in the same way, Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Everybody say more armor. Everybody say more armor. That's what I'm talking about. And so he says, pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Now, the guy who wrote these words is Paul. And uh, Paul wrote these words when he was literally sitting in a prison, chained to a Roman guard all day long. And so I just kind of like imagine, you know, like little Paul, like sitting there, you know, writing Ephesians. And he's looking up at this Drago-sized Roman centurion who's got like, you know, all this metal gear on. He's got like a metal helmet on, a metal breastplate, uh, metal shoes, a metal sword, a metal shield. Okay, what does all this stuff do to protect that guy? Okay, the, the metal, it protects him when he is in battle. And so most of us, we haven't worn metal armor recently. Unless you're like into like Renaissance fairs. You're like a Renaissance fair enthusiast and you wear some metal armor. That's just kind of weird. You can maybe keep that to yourself. Um, but you know what we wear all the time this time of year to protect ourselves? 
Sunscreen. That's right. Any sunscreen enthusiasts in the room? Yeah, look, you did much better than the first service. It was like two people, okay? We had a dermatologist up here afterwards. Like it was just, um, but you all wear your sunscreen. That's good. Now in our house, when our family goes to the beach, I'm normally the one who puts the sunscreen on the kids. And I have like an entire sunscreen kit and a three-phase application process for my kids. Here's how it goes. Okay, phase one, I use the sunscreen stick. I love the sunscreen stick. And I start with the forehead and I just start going back and forth on the forehead. And it's like, I'm like a printer, man. I just like go all the way down their head, all the way down. Next, I bust out the sunscreen lotion. And I giant blob of that in my hands, put it together, straight into their hair. And then phase three is where it gets real. That's where I make the kids stand in the, you got arrested stance. And I bust out the sunscreen spray and I just top the bottom and just like. Now, when I get done, you, 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 you should see how shiny they are. Like you think Rocky looks shiny in the Rocky movies. Like my kids are like slicker than a watermelon seed, man. They are ready to go. And they know the whole drill when we do this, okay? They just stand there. They're like quieter than a Prius. They just, and I blast them. And I put that stuff on them. Why? Because it protects them. And when you put spiritual armor on every day, you got something so much better than sunscreen to protect you. You got something so much better than metal armor like that Roman guard had on while he was watching Paul. You got something so much better than metal armor on to protect you because you got God's armor on. Now, that doesn't mean that life isn't going to hit you. That doesn't mean that tragedy or difficult times aren't going to come. Like faith doesn't exempt us from difficult stuff. Faith gets us through getting hit in life. Sometimes people will be like, well, you know, you know, God wouldn't allow anything, you know, bad to happen to me. But we just talked about how Jesus was baptized. And it's this highlight moment. God's like, man, this is my son. I'm pleased with him. The very next verse, he is in the desert being tempted by the devil. Doesn't mean that God didn't love him. Faith doesn't exempt us from getting punched. Faith gets us through those moments. And so what is this armor? What are these weapons that we have? Okay, I brought my, my weapons right here. Okay, here's what. Paul says weapon number one is. Paul says weapon number one is God's word. Okay, this is weapon number one. Now, if you want to be able to stand in the ring of life against the devil, this is your playbook. Now, if you've like maybe never read the Bible, or maybe you're kind of new to Bayshore, or maybe this is your first time ever watching us online today, here's what you need to know about what we believe. We believe that this is really the living word of God. We don't believe this is a book of maybes or a book of outdated, irrelevant ideas. No, we believe that this is God's word to us right now. And I believe that this book will change your life from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, I think the maps in here will change your life. Okay, so just, this is an amazing book. And it's God's words directly to us. And so that's why every week at Bay Shore, we open up the Bible. All right, whenever I get the privilege of standing up here on this stage, I'm, I'm going to open up the Bible. My dad, I guarantee you, he opens up the Bible every time he stands up here on this stage, okay? When I'm old and saggy like Sylvester Stallone, we're still going to be opening up the Bible. That's what we do around here because we believe this is a weapon. We believe this is part of your armor. Now, you might say, well, I don't really know how to use that as a weapon or as armor. And here's what I tell people to do. I tell people, try giving Jesus the first 15 minutes of your morning. Just try giving Jesus the first 15 minutes of your day. Now, I know like some people are super spiritual and you know, you wake up every day and you read the Bible for hours and pray for hours. And if that's you, man, that is awesome. We're, we're glad you're here, St. Paul. Um, but for the rest of us in the room, 
What if every morning before your feet hit the floor, you got to know your heavenly father? What if every morning before your head lifted off the pillow, you let your heavenly father lift you up because you're reading this and you download the Bible app, you turn on a little Hillsong United music and you got to know weapon number one that you have, which is prayer. And weapon number two that we all have. I'm sorry, I said weapon number one was prayer. Weapon number two is prayer. Weapon number one is God's word. Weapon number two is prayer. That way, okay, how do we use these as weapons? Prayer in the Bible as weapons? That way, okay, when life hits you like Drago hit Rocky, you can stand in the ring against Drago and you can deal him the knockout blow that Jesus gave the devil when he walked out of the grave alive. And you can say, listen, okay, devil, not today. Because I know that my heavenly father is in the ring with me and he is victorious and he is fighting for me. And so devil, not today, not today, not today. Because you got two weapons, people, the Bible and prayer. And this is what helps you stand up in the fight of life when the fight of life finds you. Now, I I love Mr. T. Any Mr. T fans in the room? Yeah, no? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I love Mr. T. And Mr. T in Rocky III um, was Robert, or, or was uh, Lang. Uh, and so we have a picture of, of him right there, Clubber Lang, right there in Rocky III. And every single, I, I love Mr. T, um, even before I knew about Rocky III, because every single Saturday morning, I would go to my grandparents and watch the A-Team. Oh, yeah. Nobody has made a van cooler than Mr. T and the A-Team, except for my wife, Stacy, right here. She kind of drives our family van like the A-Team drove that van as well. But I've been told we can't talk about that. So we'll move on. Um, But in Rocky III, Mr. T was huge. This was in the 80s. He was huge. But what you may not know is that in the 90s, in real life, uh, Mr. T got cancer. And uh, he said once he got cancer, he wasn't getting movie roles anymore. Nobody was calling him for commercial spots or promotional spots anymore. And he said afterwards, it, it was testing time. And that like a Mr. T line, you know, it was testing time. And he said every day he would wake up and he would pray, God, give me the strength to get through today. Give me the strength to get through today. Give me the strength to get through today. In other words, he wasn't throwing in the towel. He was putting on his armor every single day. Now in Rocky III, uh, Mr. T made a line really famous. It's his most famous line that he ever spoke. Anybody know what it is? I pity the fool. All right, I love that line. I pity the fool. And uh, in the 90s, after he was called cancer-free and walked out of cancer and and had no more cancer, he was being interviewed. And and they said, um, how did you get through what happened when you had cancer? How did you get through that fight in life? And he gave a Mr. T line. He said this, and we'll put this on the screen. He said, I pity the fool who doesn't know Jesus. In other words, he was saying, I don't know how I would have gotten through the fight of my life without Jesus fighting in the ring with me. Look, I don't know what sort of boxing match you feel like you're in in life right now. I don't know what sort of blows you've taken this week or this year or this decade. Okay, but I'm telling you, you got to stand up in the fight. Don't throw in the towel. You got to throw on God's armor because our church is standing with you in this fight. I am standing with you in this fight. But most importantly, Jesus is standing with you in this fight. And if you never crossed over that line of faith before, let let me just kind of echo what Mr. T said in my own words. I don't know how I would have gotten through some of the fights in life that I've gone through, some of the blows I've taken in life without Jesus fighting for me in the ring with me. And so I want to give everybody the opportunity to invite Jesus in this ring of life that we're all in as we close out today's service. So if you guys would just bow your heads and as you guys are bowing your heads, if, 
If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never invited the all-time champion to come into your life, to help fight your battles with you, to help forgive you of your sins, and to just walk with you through life as your Savior, and you want to accept Jesus today, and you want to have him partner with you in life, would you just raise your hands right now? Nobody's looking around. Would you guys just raise your hands? I see those hands over there. I see those hands back there. Thank you guys so much for raising your hand. Thank you so much. If you want to invite Jesus in your life, let me give you one, oppor- one more opportunity. Would you just raise your hand one more time as everybody's eyes are closed? All right, thank you guys for those who rose their hands. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody, as your heads are bowed, everybody who is a Jesus follower and everybody who just rose their hand to accept Jesus today, would you just say these words out loud with me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are God's son. And I believe that you went up to a cross to die for my sins because I'm a sinner. But God, I believe Jesus walked out of a grave alive so that I could be forgiven. And so today, Jesus, I'm inviting you to come into the ring with me. I pray that you will help me as life knocks me around and you'll always be in my corner. Thank you for fighting for me. In Jesus' name. Amen.